Dab, Abby and Matt for breakfast. Know that Ray's a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. Australia's most respected interviewer, Ray Martin. Sixty percent of the time, yes. I win the ratings all the time. <laughs> he is a man who really needs not much introduction. Ray Martin. <laughs> Good morning. Hello, guys. How you doing? <laughs> I paid for that, and that was a big intro, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ray Martin. Enough said. Uh, you're on to talk about saveourvoices.com.au. Tell everyone what it's about. It's an attempt to... I, I grew up in regional, in, in the bush in New South Wales, and I've been a journalist for 50-plus years. I started very young when I was about three. Um, but, um, mm-hmm. but beyond that, uh, we're just in danger of losing our voices in, in regional Australia, which is about... Nine million plus people live in regional Australia, and uh, you know the Murdoch newspapers have closed down overwhelmingly this year. Uh, radio programs like yours, especially breakfast programs where people learn things and get to talk about local issues, they're disappearing. They're sort of coming out of the capital cities, and beyond that, uh, television news is just bleeding money for the regional networks in a playing field that's that's very unfair. It really has changed since the days the laws were written, and there's an attempt now to try and change the laws to factor in, you know, Netflix and Stan and Google and Facebook and the big city networks that just stream programs into the bush and don't pay for for transmitters or for local sales teams, etc., etc. So I got, I got to say I agree with you, Ray. I grew up in a in a small country town, and I worked for free at a radio station in high school for years, and because it was a, a community place, a community. Uh, commercial radio station. So he but, wants everyone to have the right to work for free. No, but, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, I was a 15-year-old kid and I begged them to give me three hours on a Saturday. You know, I just love telling stories. So if it's a, a, about a local woman who's spent 20 years helping out the salvos or if it's about a tsunami, then I, I love doing it. It's just a great job. Ray Martin, I've always wanted to ask you, because when we get um, big celebrities uh, these days, we'll be like, hey, don't forget, you can't talk about this. And of course, it's the most interesting thing that we want to talk about. So sometimes we get a list of it. You've you've interviewed celebrities of Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, uh, Robin Williams, Elton John, uh, Russell Crowe. Have you ever got a list of like, hey, don't go here. This is something that you can't talk about. Yeah, I remember when I did the um, Goodwill Games in uh, in Queensland. Michael Johnson, who was the great American athlete, the 400 yeah. metres champion, mm-hmm. and uh, he'd won a gold medal in Sydney and, uh, and a couple of gold medals for the real and on his own, and uh, just before Kathy Freeman. And uh, he was coming up, he was being paid, he was retiring in Sydney, but being paid as a as a, <clears throat> a promoter of the Goodwill Games in Queensland. So we had a day and we started with um, Agra, I think, and on the... <laughs> You know, on FM uh, radio up there, and uh, and he was uh, that was about six o'clock in the morning, six thirty. He wore his sunglasses. He being Michael Johnson, um, a big, you know, handsome, incredibly uh, built athlete. Um, he wore his dark sunglasses at six o'clock in the morning in the studio. <laughs> oh, I, think, I think Agro Agro signed the book, as you guys probably have your books. And uh, the, the book with Michael Johnson said never to be uh, uh, interviewed again. Wow. Um, and then from the it just went downhill from that, including apart from a brief moment in which he met Peter Beatty and. Uh, was pleasant, but apart from that, he was a pig. I, I said to him, an absolute pig. I said early on, I realised he didn't want to be there, and I said, look, you know, I'll, I'll try and make as painless as I possibly can. I just want to talk about you uh, winning about Kathy Freeman and about the Sydney Olympics, and I won't use the language, but he said, I don't give an f about uh, Kathy Freeman. I don't give an f about uh, the Sydney Olympics, and I'm sick of talking about my effing self. Wow. And I said, this is going to be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing we were told not to talk about was drugs. The drugs. Don't talk yeah. about drugs. Five Americans have been sent home from the games. And I said, well, the one thing I'm going to talk about is drugs for sure. Yeah. And they said, oh, please, 
please leave it to the end, to the end. Anyway, I left to the end and he got up and I thought he was going to actually punch me out. He right. actually stood up and uh, he kept saying he wouldn't talk and I kept asking about it, saying, you know, why there are five of your countrymen sent home and women. And, um, and he, no, 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 no. And he stood up and I thought, please hit me. We had three cameras. Oh, please <laughs> yeah. hit me. But, but, but don't hit me hard because he hit me hard. He'd, he'd knock me the next week. And See, the, it the, is that but, thing, isn't it? You're like, if I'm going to get punched, I'm happy to get punched as long as the cameramen, if they go to me absolutely. at the end of this, we yeah. miss that, yeah. you're going to punch yeah. them. Absolutely. That was it. So that was, that, was, that was the most outstanding one of don't talk drugs, and especially if it had been such a, a pig of a man, I, I thought yeah. the one thing I'm going to talk is drugs. Yeah, wow. You don't care after that, do you? No. Lindy Chamberlain, you were the first person to speak with her, um, and, and, you know, for our younger listeners, I guess that's the dingo stole my baby. Um, yep. line. What was it like, especially with that case, considering there were so many people who thought there was foul play and some people who supported her? It was extraordinary. It was one of the you know, highlights of my life. Um, I had never had met her beforehand, uh, before she came out of jail. She'd been in jail, for those who don't remember, for about three years, um, quite, uh, uh, I mean, terror and devastatingly wrong, uh, accused of killing a baby. And um, and so she came out and I'd moved on to Midday. I wasn't at 60 Minutes and mm. she had watched Midday when she was in jail up in Darwin and asked to talk to me if she was going to do something to Channel Nine. So I was uh, I was overjoyed to get a chance to go back to do a thing for 60 Minutes. And, um, and I spent probably a week with her and Michael up at their house and from so I, I went in without really having a strong opinion about it I'd been traveling for 60 minutes and wasn't covering wasn't what reading it day by day as my journalistic mates were and everybody at barbecues and dinner parties in those years had an opinion about Lindy Chamber except me mm. and uh, and so I went to meet her which is a good way to meet her and I went to meet her and I liked her from the moment I met her and I'd read the transcripts of the court and I just couldn't believe of her trial I couldn't believe that anyone could think that she had done, done all things you know having gone to the baby cut the baby straight cleaned up the mess got rid of the baby um, uh, settled the kids down and gone back to the barbecue in eight minutes which is what she's supposed to have done and uh, which was just impossible and um, and so I thought she was innocent from the outset but honestly as a journalist I had to ask mm. her the questions and um, I, I liked her a lot and I still like her she was fantastic she was one of the first cases of um, being tried by the media before the, the courts really in in the world yeah, no, if you imagine that with social media today, she would have been absolutely hung, drawn and courted, I think, by social media uh, wrongly. But um, and, and thank God we didn't have the, the death penalty, because I think had it been back in the 1940s, I might have all hanged her. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, she was an absolutely innocent woman. And, uh, and yet we, people, as I say, it's, it's hard to understand the 80s, early 80s in Australia, but if you went to a, a barbecue or a dinner party uh, back then, everybody had an opinion. And I guess most people I spoke to thought she was guilty. Mm-hmm. You would have interviewed so many people. Do you reckon you can sense when people are lying now? Is there a characteristic where you just go every time it, it's that? No, I've been, um, I've been fooled. Um, I tend to think my gut instincts are fairly good after 10,000 plus interviews, yeah. but, um, but every now and then... You know, especially things like uh, anything involving drugs, people who use or don't use drugs. Um, uh, I think domestic violence issues where he said, she said, um, those things are almost impossible, I find, yeah. too. I, I try and stay away from ju- being judgmental about those. But um, but drugs, are, I mean, a, a drug addicts that I've interviewed over the years will look you in the eye and tell you that they don't take drugs. drugs. And yet, uh, you know, you, you then subsequently find that they've overdosed on drugs or whatever. Yeah. So that's that's a fairly, I mean, they're the, I think, inveterate liars. 
because they're driven by you know this uh, this dreadful dependence they've got. Yeah, but but generally no, I, generally I tend to take people at face value. My wife says I'm uh, I'm too accepting, uh, except for politicians. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Apparently, too, you're a uh, you're a chainsaw snorer. We've heard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who tells you that? Well, I've been well, talking to my wife. <laughs> no, apparently your daughter wrote it. Is it? She wrote a book, and in the yes, book, yeah, she was saying that she had to sleep in the bathroom with pillows. Now we don't know if it's like a gospel one or whether she's taken a little bit of liberty. Well, the funny thing is that when I was a young bloke, I used to have to travel with a producer on 60 Minutes who was a terrible snorer, and that was a case of, you know, actually putting putting bags under the door if you had to sleep in a room next to him. And I and I thought, you know, I was totally innocent. And then I, in older age, I, I, they tell me I snore, but I never hear it. Maddie's just saying it because he's a terrible he's a snorer, snorer and his too. wife's been complaining about him, so that's why he's trying to go, well, if Ray Martin does. <laughs> I, I made a mistake, Ray. I recorded my wife snoring and then played it on the radio. Mm. Oh, what a shocker. Uh, yeah, and then she proceeded for the following week to record every disgusting noise that I make even when I'm awake and we played them back. Hey, so, back. Yeah. Hey, buddy, I'm on your side, mate. Oh, no, <laughs> let's ring my wife now. <laughs> hey, look, Ray, we really appreciate your time, um, mate, and, and taking us down memory lane there. And saveourvoices.com.au, it's a very, very important initiative. You know, it, it mightn't seem important, I don't think, to people, but once the the television stations, the radio stations, the newspapers, once they're all taken away from those areas, people are really going to miss them, and, and we don't want to let it get to that point. So get involved with it. Yep, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is, you, you don't know what you've got till you lose it. I don't think that's the case. But uh, but anyway, if you if you get up, let the politicians know that you're upset, we might get some, some good changes. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks, guys, very much. Lovely to talk to you. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105.